Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. And today I have the pleasure of bringing my friend, Mr. Don Costa with the Flip Talk Podcast, which by the way, I'm a listener to. So thank you so much for being here, Don. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Man, it's uh, we've been trying to do this for quite a while now. You had me on your podcast. I would say it was probably more than a year ago. It's, and, it's been uh, a bit, yeah, yeah. It's been a while, and then um, you know, I moved offices, and you know, I started adjusting and this and that, and but finally we're back online. And uh, for those of you guys who don't know who Don Costa is, man, this is an OG. Okay, he's been around for a while. He's been around for longer than you may think because he looks actually young especially now that he's shaving his head uh real good there uh but uh man donnie's got an incredible story uh i i'm happy to call him my friend because we we actually get to hang out every time we go and 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 we go to these events around the country and we we get to meet at the like at the family reunion and the rei coaches and all these other events that are going around and uh, me and don we always go have a little bit of fun eat and all that but um, but the important thing here today, guys, is that number one, you have to go to iTunes and subscribe to his podcast, the Flip Talk. Actually, before the podcast just started, I was telling Don, I was like, man, Don, that that podcast with John Martinez, the last one you had, that was awesome. I learned so much on it. Um, so you know, he's got a vast knowledge on real estate. The people that come on his podcast are great. So please go ahead and, and subscribe to his podcast. Look him up on YouTube. But with no further ado, man, who is Don, man? Where do you come from? What are your upbringings like? Uh, tell us about yourself. Yeah, you know, the OG, Mark. I don't know if I if I like that or if I should take pride in that. I, you know? I like the OG, man. You should take <laughs> pride of that, man. Like, you know, I mentioned your name to a friend of mine uh, when we were doing whole scaling. And uh, I said, hey, no, you know, this guy, Don, man, I think he uh, he'll be a great addition to the lineup. He said, oh, yeah, yeah. He said, OG, man, OG. So he's the one that named you the OG, not me personally. All right, all right. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. Yeah. So um, 18 years in the business. Um, but so I don't know, you know, how far back I should go. You know, like most entrepreneurs, I didn't come from money. So um, I was somebody, you know, that uh, like like anybody else who, who didn't have a family that, uh, you know, was really well off. My family did okay. And um, I just wanted more. You know, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I searched um, through different businesses through the years, trying to figure out like what was a fit, you know, for me. Um, I've had cell phone stores. Um, I've had, you know, nightclubs. I've had different kinds of businesses through the years. Some of them while I, while I was a real estate investor and some of them before. Um, but, you know, real estate just kind of fit like a glove. You know, once I, once I fell into it, it was, it was like, it was the widget that worked, if that makes sense, you know? And uh, so um, started real estate investing in 2003. And that was, you know, I think like most people, um, you know, I, I thought about it way longer than I should have, you know, I was, I was looking at real estate investing as far back as I remember, you know, I, I graduated from high school in 91 that dates my dates me, you know? Um, but, uh, and I remember looking at properties and talking to people even then, um, you know, and, and so it took me a better part of 12 years before I actually got into it. Um, cause I had all the same fears and anxiety, you know, you need money, you need credit, you know, um, am I going to make the right decisions? You know, how do I even know how to evaluate a property? We didn't have YouTube university and podcasts and, you know, we had Carlton sheets and, and, uh, some of the, uh, OG gurus, um, uh, back then. So. Yeah. Those are the real OGs. Yeah. The those are the real sheets. OGs. And, yeah. I get it. Yeah. yeah. 
You're right. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, it took me a minute um, to fall into it. And, and the, you know, the craziest thing is, is I was, I was getting ready to get married. Um, and I had, so I had quit my job in 2002. I've been, I have literally not had a job since 2002. Wow. So, um, in one more year, that'll be 20 years. Oh my God, dude. I, I just said Crazy. that I've had a job. And, um, and I went to Las Vegas with some friends and we opened cell phone stores. We opened four cell phone stores in Las Vegas. And I spent a year basically trying to commit <laughs> um, the suicide. I say that tongue in cheek because I, you know, I know that's a serious thing. Um, but literally like we just, we didn't sleep um, wow. for a year. You know, um, we, we had good time. We were always hanging out. We were drinking, we were partying. Um, and I spent that year um, running, running that business and just realized that, you know, the lifestyle in Vegas wasn't, going to work for me long-term. And, um, and so I moved back to, uh, Fresno and got married. And I remember I was at that crossroad where I told my wife, I'm like, you know, I think I'm just going to go back to school, you know, and get, you know, get serious about education at the time I had an associate's degree. And I was like, I'm gonna get serious, maybe get a bachelor's, you know, MBA or something like that. And she's like, no, we're having a family, you're getting a job. Oh, wow. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> I'm not getting a job. And so, um, but uh, I decided I want to get that one. It was, I was at that point where I'm married. I, I don't have kids. I, second I have kids, like it's going to change. I need to make something happen. So I, I, I decided real estate investing, it had to happen there. And I started interviewing with mortgage companies and I wanted to um, learn the financing side. Cause again, I thought you have to have money, right? So I remember interviewing with this guy and the guy ended turning out to be a total tool. So the story goes all bad, but it's what got me started. So, um, and I, and he asked me why I was there. And for some reason I was honest, I was like, I'm really here because I want to flip houses and I'm just trying to learn the financing side of things. Wow. And he, like he leans over his desk and he's like, if you go find properties, I'll put the money up. And he's like, and you know, work something out. And so that was, um, I think it's a proof that the mind is the most powerful tool we have because that mindset shift for me was like, okay, now I have money. I can do this. You know, it was like, boom, suddenly it was like, there was no excuses. And I went out and um, I found pre-foreclosure lists at the time, you know, in California, you can get them um, from title companies. Now you can't, but, um, and I started door knocking and um, just found that I was really, really good at, you know, uh, talking a seller into me being the one that bought their home if they were going to sell it. And, and it was game on from that point on time, you know, I started making some money. So were you an acquisitions guy at that point for this other person or, or, or it how, was, how did that look like? It was kind of a partnership, you know, I, I, I guess and no. I mean, so that I'll, I'll tell the story uh, quickly on that one. He said, go put it. He said, go find the properties. I'll put up the money and we'll split, split right. everything right down the middle. And, right. um, so I was more of a partnership per se, but in the end that I was an acquisitions guy, because what happened was I, I suddenly realized that I was good at, at this game of acquisitions. And, um, I started locking up properties real quick and he was, he was coming through, he was picking up the properties, um, and he wasn't selling them. You know, so the, so what, what happened is over a period of time, like we're, I was locking up all these properties, he was buying them. And then um, he was putting his daughter in one and he, you know, the renovation was taking forever or another, like I wasn't making any money. And so right. um, I went to try to put something in writing with him and he's like, Hey, you know, why, you know, don't you trust me? And that was a whole thing. So finally I got him to commit to doing, putting something in writing. And then still I wasn't getting paid 
So I decided we, we ended up um, doing a project and I ended up taking over the rehab on it and I got it rehabbed and got it sold. And um, he basically, he turned around and sued me because the paperwork that we did said that um, I think that he was supposed to manage projects. I don't remember exactly what it was, but he was saying that I violated that. So we ended up in a lawsuit and um, here I am, no money, um, still haven't gotten paid, worked for probably almost a year for the, with wow. this guy. And now I'm getting sued. And how were um, you, how were you paying bills at the time? Like if he wasn't paying you, how were you producing any money? That's a fantastic question. And, and, and uh, I'm looking back on it. I'm not exactly sure how I got by, <laughs> um, you know, um, you know, I, I had, I had, uh, I had, you know, I had some of this other, other kind of side hustle things I was doing and stuff like that right. to kind of make, make, make ends meet. Uh, my wife had a job. Yeah, my wife at the time had a job. And um, so um, I ended up in a lawsuit. Well, uh, let me, let me answer the question for you actually. Cause as I'm thinking it through, you know, we always remember the good things that we don't remember the bad things, but yeah. um, as I'm thinking it through, I started getting wise to the fact that he wasn't going to sell. And so this is, this is a great lesson for anybody listening. I was, um, it was really heavy competition door knocking back then. And um, I was really good at talking people into selling to me if they were going to sell. And so I was talking people out of selling to other people. And I remember right. Standing on in the in the doorway of a house right after I got the contract, and and this this woman pulled up, and she was a competitor, and I had stole the house. You know, she was coming to get the contract signed, and I got I got it, and I walked out and I said, "Look," I said, "I'm obviously way better than you at this game of getting the houses in contract," and I was like, "But you have money," and I was like, "Why don't we just partner?" And she's like, "Okay." <laughs> so, and, and that's what, that's honestly what happened. So, um, you know, that's, that's how I started making money, um, in this game while everything else was what that other guy was, you know, doing its thing. Yeah. He wasn't, I mean, if he yeah. would have paid you, I don't think you would have ever consider. I wouldn't want anyone to find yeah. another partner. Right. Which is the best thing that ever happened to me that he didn't pay me. But so long and the short of it is him and I end up in a lawsuit. I partner up with her and then half a dozen other people I partner up with, you know, basically that have money. And I'm like, I'll bring deals, you know, and, and you guys put up the money. And at the time we were doing a strategy where we were buying sub two. Um, yeah. And then we were, they were putting up the money to reinstate the loan, give the homeowner whatever their walkaway was, and then the renovation. And then we, I would manage the renovation and then we'd split the profit. That's, that was my strategy. So you were acquisitions and general contracting at the same time. I was acquisitions and project management. So, um, and then um, they handled it. I didn't come up with any money. They handled hundred percent of the money. So, so while that's going down, I'm building that up. I'm in the lawsuit with this guy and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I had every, you know, every extra dollar I had went into attorney's fees in the end we settled. And I think he ended up giving me like 140 grand. Um, so I ended oh, up wow. with money, but the long and the short of it is, is all that adversity. I feel like people who come out of the gate in this business and they hit a home run right out of the gate. Like that's poison to me the people who have adversity and it takes you six months to get your first deal, or you have struggles like mine where like I should have quit a hundred times. You can't, you can't phase me. Like you want to threaten a lawsuit to me. It's like, I know it's going to cost you 20 grand just to get to the settlement table with me. You want to invest that time and energy. I'm going to sleep at night. It's not going to worry me yeah. because I've already been through it. You know, a few times you're going to lose sleep and you're going to stress. So go ahead and sue me. <laughs> that one right here. <laughs> yeah, see, it's part of the game, bro. Uh, that's it's the, it. So it's I mean, you, you're in this business long enough, right? right. Uh, somebody's gonna try to come get you for something, you know. 
Right. Um, uh, but it, it is true. I, I, I don't lose sleep over those things and right. I, I'm just going to go to battle and sometimes they don't even know who they're messing with. You know, what, how strong you can come back to some of these people. Mm -hmm. And then they, they start, what I call it, they start crawfishing. You know, they start walking backwards like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean that. Oh, you didn't mean that. Really? Okay. So, all right. So you went, you went there, you, um, that's when you got real good at acquisitions and I can see why you're an introvert now that I, I hear that podcast. Right. Right. And, uh, and you were good at fishing information. And by the way, that camera does that every 30 minutes. So you were good fishing information from the sellers, but then you started getting good also at project managing. So now you were handling these rehabs and what I'm going to assume is Eventually, you guys put these properties on the market, sold them, and, and got paid. Sold them and got paid. Absolutely. Right. And, okay. and, 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 and the, 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 the term good at project management is going to be a tongue-in-cheek term because I wasn't good at project management. Let's just, I, I want to I put that out there. I was, I was really good at looking like I was good, but we were in a market in 2003, 4, and 5 where if you took longer on a property and went over budget, the market actually hid those flaws you. and you made more money. Yeah, it helped you. So It helped you. Yeah. yeah. So I, I thought I was good. Um, looking back on it now, I was, no, <laughs> it wasn't even close to average, but the market, it's like, oh, we took, we took a month longer. We made 40 grand more. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, Great challenge to have. Right. Yeah, so, right, right. So, okay. So all the way fast forward to like, when do you go in business on your own? Like when do you break from those partnerships and that's a great question. So no, I was, I was uh, involved in those partnerships all the way up until about 2008. And, and it wasn't, I want, I, let me be clear. Like I was in business on my own, but I would, what I was doing is I was JVing on the projects with yeah. people because they had money. And so, um, and you know, it was just really, really easy to stick to what I knew, which was sub two structure. Um, and they, and have it bring in an investor to come in with the money and then do a profit split. And, um, it was real easy. It was real quick. The money was always there. All I had to do is pick up a phone and, and say, I need 15 grand to send to the bank today. And it, I had it in my hand. It was a wild, wild west before 2008, you know, oh. money was flowing crazy. Now, were you getting paid up front for like an acquisition fee or something like that? No, I wasn't doing any of that. I probably could have, um, to be honest with you, but I wasn't. Um, but in that, in the meantime, you know, I, I, I started a, a property management company. I started a real estate company. Um, I had a, a mortgage company. We had three offices. I ended up growing to like 40 agents. Um, I was flipping houses. Like I was making money. I was, I thought everything I touched turned to gold. Um, again, the market was hiding every flaw I had. Um, I was a tool. I was a horrible bottleneck in my organization. I was a bad leader but the market made me look like I was a genius. And um, <laughs> that was, that was until 2008, right? Until 2007, 2008. And the crazy thing is, is right at the beginning of 2008, January 1st, January 6th, I think 2008, we opened a restaurant and nightclub. So me and a couple of, of partners, and I just invested pretty much um, a lot of capital into that. Um, and the market started crashing basically at the end of 2007. So um you know, going into 2008, I thought that, that I was untouchable. I was unstoppable. And yeah, um, you were, you were in the top of the world, man. You were rich. You made a ton mm -hmm. of money. Now you're mm -hmm. an investor in these other ventures. Right. Um, what, what was the most money you made, uh, in one month that you can recall, you know, prior to the crash, like that you were like, man, this is a lot of money, right? Uh, cause I, I've been through that. My, right. your 2008 was my 2017 pretty much. 
Right. So, um, man, you know, we had multiple, multiple, like we had multiple, multiple six figure months, um, you know, back then and, uh, which we do now, you know, as a business. Um, so, you know, we, we did really, really well, you know, um, and it was, it was just so easy. And, um, and, and that's one of my fears right now with what the market's doing. Cause people are, people are starting to drink the Kool-Aid and they're like, Oh, the market's on fire. It's so easy. And Mm-mm. yeah. And I'm like, mm, you know, it's easy right now, but you got to protect your downside. And I see too many people not protecting their downside, but, um, but yeah, 2008 hit and, and it was just, um, I wasn't prepared for it. I was very cash poor and uh, I had a lot of expenses and I was like a ship with holes, you know, um, it was, it was the craziest thing. I couldn't, st- I couldn't stop the bleeding as fast as I tried. It was like, I, I was just selling off stuff, hemorrhaging this, hemorrhaging that, trying to um, stop the bleeding. And the last thing I, last thing I latched onto is that restaurant nightclub. We kept it open for almost four, we kept it open for four years. Wow. Um, so All the way to 2012? Just, just shy of 2012. Yeah. And what, what, how come it didn't like work moving forward? Cause that, that was a good in my opinion, that was a good way to diversify yourself was to have this other, you know, thing that is completely not related so much to real estate, uh, buying and selling homes is the food business or the club or whatever. What happened there? You can't fight uh, city hall. And that's what happened at the end Got of it. the day. So, you know, it's Fresno. Uh, Fresno as a city is very conservative. Um, they don't have a lot of, um, nightlife entertainment when they do, they really, uh, they, 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 they try to make it impossible to run your business. Like when we first opened, they didn't, they, they wouldn't allow us to stay open past midnight. Uh, then we got pet to 2 AM. They wouldn't allow us to have dancing. Um, you know, it was just the whole thing. And, uh, finally we got dancing, but then they tried to take our liquor license away. It was just, uh, you know, it was constant battle. And oh. so, um, it, by that point I was just, I was over it, you know? Um, I hadn't really made any money, um, you know, from it substantial, you know, I had definitely had made my money back. Um, and it was, it was wearing, you know, the, the, the nightclub lifestyle, you know, I'd, I'd sunken all my time into that, you know, I had, I had two kids at the time and it was, you know, it's late nights, um, you know, so it's a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. You know, we had groups like Sugar Ray, David Gray, um, Backstreet Boys, um, you know, uh, Carolina liars, um, you know, we had some major names come through, you know, they, you know, at the time they had kind of run their course as entertain entertainers, but this, cause we're talking about 2000, you know, nine, 10, 11, but still we had some major names come through our club and, um, all that stuff was really, really cool, but, you know, fighting the city constantly and all the handcuffs they're putting on us, we couldn't sell more alcohol than food. That was one of the restrictions they put on us. You know, so um, it just, it was impossible to run a business. And um, I was just exhausted by the time I was broke. Um, I was beaten down. I had lost everything. Right. And when I say lost everything, like my wife crying me from crying, calling me crying from the grocery store because the card went clear and she had a cart full of groceries, you know, um, going to the gas station with quarters to buy gas at a gallon at a time, going to the grocery store with a calculator all the time. I mean, I was broke. I was beaten. And I just had enough. And so we finally just threw in the towel on the club. Well, at least you had quarters. My, uh, my wife called me one time and she said, hey, which debit card do I use? Oh, I for, did that all the time. Yeah. For gas. And I was like, I don't know. Use any car, right? Like you should, we should be okay for gas. And she's like, no, you're overdrawn in all the bank accounts by the Gosh. thousands, you know? And I was like, oh shit. Uh, I guess you're not going today to do what you're supposed to be doing. Get back home, right? 
Um, so yeah, having more months at the end of your money is never fun, right? But it's, it makes it, it, it's sad. It's sad when you know which ones will let which cards will let you overdraw and how long you have to get that overdraw fixed, right? When you have that timed. <laughs> no, and then and then you do a twenty dollar. Uh, you start calculating like, okay, I'm gonna spend twenty dollars, but this twenty dollars is gonna cost me thirty five more. So in reality, you're paying fifty five because of thirty five the overdraw fee. Uh, you know, so, so you're like, no, don't spend 20 bucks. Go ahead and spend like a hundred. That way at least it's 135. It's not, you know, right. so yeah, dude, I've been there, man. I know exactly what that looks like. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, anyhow, that, that, that the universe always has a way of pulling us back, humble us that, you know, humbling you down mm. and teaching you, a, uh, teaching us a lesson. Cause I, I had my lesson as well. Uh, just like you, I, I thought I was walking on water sometime in 2017 and, and my ego got bigger than I was. And um, I wasn't, and, and I was not plugged in in the network, like, like here in Houston, like with a lot of people. So a lot of people didn't know who I was, but internally, you know, when you start making six, multiple six figures a month and, and you, you own all these properties, next thing you know, you think you're like Donald Trump or something like that, you know, and, and. And now people are, are chasing you. Hey, Don, can I pick your brains? Can I take you to lunch? I was like, well, you don't need to take me to lunch. I'm already fat. But, you know, because uh, that's not my case. Like people started showing up in my warehouse. And I was like, what is going on here? Right. And me and Dennis were looking at Lambos and Ferraris and we thought we made it. Right. Um, and then, boom, Harvey happens. Our business can, can blows up. So similar thing to what happened to you in 2008. So it took you from two. So you quit the business literally from 2008 all the way till when, like, when did you, when did you have the courage to get re-engaged back into real estate? So um, <clears throat> let me fill on a gap here. So basically we closed the nightclub. The landlord goes for a judgment because we didn't fulfill the lease. Right. I don't have the money to fight him. He ends up with a six hundred ninety something thousand dollar judgment in wow. um, two thousand and eleven ish. Um, I think two thousand ten, maybe. Uh, actually, yeah, two thousand ten. So by um, so two thousand eleven, we closed nightclub almost a year later. Um, actually, he gets a judgment beforehand because we're not paying rent anyway. So right. the, trying to put the pieces together, but he gets the, he gets a stipulated judgment. Um, and as long as we stay open, he doesn't enforce it, but it still accumulates interest. And it, then we close and he goes ahead and enforces it. And so what happens is over a period of the next couple of years, it just accumulates interest and attorney's fees into being almost a million bucks. Wow. So when I, so basically when we close, like I'm looking at that, I'm looking at the fact that I'm broke. I'm, I feel like real estate's destroyed me and, and I, I'm just scared to death of everything. I'm trying to get a job. No one's hiring me. Uh, you know, I'm either undereducated or overqualified. Nobody's getting jobs back then anyway. And so finally, um, I, you know, I have a handful of moments. I always tell the Taco Bell story. Um, you know, I take my family to Taco Bell is one of these moments. And I think I have money on a credit card and I go in to pay for a $20 meal. And my card won't clear in Taco Bell. And I literally have to collect my family and leave Taco Bell. And my son, while we're leaving, he asks me, dad, why won't the mean guy give us the food? Right. And, um, you know, I realize those are moments where I realize like I'm failing everybody. Um, and as a man, as an entrepreneur, we think, okay, we got thick skin, like we can take everything. But as a man, that was soul crushing. And um, I start having these moments, you know, Christmas, my son asked for my younger son asked for a specific gift, and I can't afford to buy it. And, um, and the, I'm thinking he won't remember he's four, right? The first thing he asked for 
uh, when he wakes up is that gift. He runs to the Christmas tree. Every 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 present he opens isn't that gift. And he's like, the next one's going to be this, you know? And, um, you know, I'm having these moments and finally, I just, you know, I, I finally surrender. I'm like, I don't, I got to do something, you know, what am I good at? And, um, the only thing I, the only thing that came to mind is, is I'm good at identifying what a deal is. I'm good at putting the pieces together, you know, but I was scared. It's like, is real estate really safe? Is it really something I should be doing? And I remember there was a point and, and, you know, I'd been sitting in this, this recliner chair, like every day, you know, my wife was going to work. I dropped the kids off at daycare, uh, you know, um, on the days that I, I needed to go look for a job and daycare is family, basically when I say that. Um, and, uh, and then the days I, you know, I was supposed to be home watching them. I'd stay home and watch them, but every day I just basically sink into this chair and, um, I was just desperate. I was broke. I was depressed. And I remember one day I opened up my computer and I typed um, on a Craigslist ad, basically, you know, um, experienced flipper looking for somebody that has money to partner with, you know, must be close enough to have a cup of coffee. I got six phone calls. And this is, this is like the end of 2011, maybe the first couple of months of 2012. Um, I got six phone calls <clears throat> and uh, one of them, I ended up meeting for coffee. Great guy, talked a lot. And um, I was so, I didn't know my value, right? I was so scared to like, you know, get him to commit that I would sit and we'd had multiple meetings where he just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and nothing ever came of it. And I remember one of the last meetings I had with him were at Starbucks. I got in a Trenta iced tea and um, we were like two hours into the conversation. He's, you know, again, he's telling me how great he is and everything. Um, and I had to pee so bad and I wasn't going to get up and leave that conversation. And um, I get a text from my wife. And I look at the text and, and she's like, our water's off. You know, there's a notice on the door, our water's off. And I'm like, you know, man, I can go fix this problem. I almost dropped an F-bomb. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you I can, can. Help. it's all yeah. good. This is explicit yeah. language here. So, so we're good. Yeah. So, but I was like, I can, I can go fix this problem now. Um, or I can sit and, and, and close this guy. And that was kind of like the fire. Like I, I, for me, I was like, I'm not leaving this until this guy commits to backing me on a deal. And even then, I don't know why I felt like I had to have money because you don't have to have money to do this no. business but I felt like I had to have it. And, um, he committed to backing me and I went home because I'd flipped houses before I knew how to turn water on. So I did, uh, turn my water on and then I scraped up the money to pay the bill the next week. But, um, you know, the crazy thing is, is like, I, I suddenly I had power again. I had wind, wind beneath my wings, right. I went out and I started talking to agents and other, other wholesalers. And, and I was like, you know, I got $2 million behind me and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the shit and I'm going to do this. And, and, uh, that was, right at the beginning of 2012, um, in May, we locked up our first deal. Uh, it came through an agent. It was uh, something that was a pocket listing in June. We closed on it. Um, I started rehabbing it. Um, and in September we sold it. They'd fallen out of escrow a couple of times, long story. Uh, but we ended up making 20 grand. I had to split it with them. It was a JV deal. I made 10 grand. It was gone before I had it in my hand, but I was back in business. It was proof of concept. Awesome story, bro. Yeah. Um, Man, I can relate some in so many ways to you, Don. And I know you and I talk about this all the time. And but <laughs> I got my my gas turned off one time. But I, <laughs> how do you turn your gas on? You know, <laughs> I was like, yeah. so we had to take these cold showers, man. And I and here I am on a freaking million dollar home because that's another thing. I lived in this house, yeah. You know, and and my gas is getting turned off, and and my wife is like, Ricardo, we got the gas turned off, you know. And I was like, ah, oh, shit, man. And and you know. 
So I go back and I just pulled the, cause they p- usually put a tag on your door. Like it's like red, but it's this red that, I mean, anybody from 500 miles away can see it. I'm just pulling the tag off so they wouldn't see it in my house. Right. It's like, well, what the hell is, how is this guy getting his, his uh, gas turned off? But yeah, you find out that, you know, sometimes, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, cause um, I wanted to get rid of my property, um, the house I lived in for a while. And my wife was having this, 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 um, this, uh, I guess, fe- fear to change. Emotional you know, attachment. Yeah. Emotional attachment. Like, you know, and, and she's, uh, we built it. Our children were built, were grown there, but I was actually sick and tired of it already. Like I wanted yeah. to move on from it for a while. Like I knew that I, I wasn't making any progress in that particular house and it took me almost a year to convince her. And I was, I would do anything I could just to make the payments. Oh, I fell behind on mortgages. I don't know how many times. And I wasn't worried about it at all because I knew how to get out of it. You know, I right. said, well, if they come foreclose on this thing, I know exactly what I need to do. And I can drag this thing for another year or so. But eventually it was more like, okay, I got to get rid of it. I got to convince her to move out. Once I show her one time the reinstatement on it, I said, look, I got to pay like $55,000 to reinstate this thing. I do have the money, but why don't we just sell this thing? Owner finance it out. I'll cover the reinstatement. Um, you know, we'll move out of it. And, and we just start fresh somewhere else, you know, with less liabilities, less, you know, putting less money out. And she's like, okay, I, 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 I get it. So she had to feel that pressure on all that money that I had to produce to, to, to be. And that's a, another funny thing, Don, that, that year, actually, that was the year, the year prior to that, I made a million dollars and I was broke. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Like you make a million bucks, like, you know, because before we made any money, right? Maybe you and I can relate to this. But when I was making, I don't know, $20,000 a year, you know, when I was in the military or, 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 or whatnot, you would think, oh, man, if I can make a hundred thousand, right? you know, my life will be so much easier. And then you start making a hundred thousand and then you start living like a hundred thousand dollar guy. And then you start making two, 300 and then you start living like, well, I made a million dollars, man. And I, I didn't have money for gas that it, it was insane because my life, like your ship with the holes, man, my ship was sunk already. I just, I was just the captain. And I, I kept my, my mouth off, you right. know, uh, take breathing a little bit. So, yeah, and man, and thank you so much for opening like the way you're doing, Don. Because a lot of these uh, people that are in our space, they've gone through what you and I have gone through, um, and but they don't talk about it. They don't. They're not willing to share their struggles, how they got to where they are today, because they have to protect this image of success, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think stories like yours um, are the ones that our listeners need to pay attention to because yes, things start going very well. You can start making good money. Your life changes. And then your head gets bigger. Your ego gets bigger. You forget about what's really important. Um, you know, maybe the business plan you have in place is, is not really bulletproof. Um, and it's kind of like a bubble. And, and then when something happens, it blows up on your face and, and you don't even know it. Like, like it happened to me as well. My business blew up on my face. And it actually took me almost a year to realize that I was actually going broke and, and I did have money, but I didn't have guidance on, on, on how to, 
how to approach a situation like the one like the one I was on. I wish I would have been in masterminds like the ones we get uh we become parts of today because they would have right. told me right away you need to start making payments you need to negotiate with your lenders you need to do this the pride of oh i committed to these loans i'm going to continue to pay you know is what nearly broke me um and um right but anyways this is not about me it's about you so <clears throat> so you go through all of these things you get re-engaged this guy says i'm gonna back you up you guys go pull the first deal together again uh or or with you with your new partner or jv partner um which is by the way guys if you guys are listening to this look at what don has done throughout his career in the real estate business and also as an entrepreneur when you were doing uh, restaurants he's always jv with other people mm -hmm. uh which it's the power of leverage right it's leverage um, Mm -hmm. it is leverage and you know you are very good at leveraging because you know maybe i don't know what it looks like today and we'll get that in a minute but but he has been able to leverage other people even when his back was against the wall you know when you sat down at that starbucks or that coffee shop or whatnot mm -hmm. and and you went for countless meetings you were just trying to leverage a, a person that was financially in position to back you up um and until you close the deal And then you made your first 10,000 bucks, no problems. You couldn't see a penny because you probably owe so much money to everybody and their mama that money came in and left. But now you have proof of concept and you're like, right. all right, I'm back on the game. Um, uh, I, I'm like, you know, like you, Don, I, I quit real estate. I would say it was in between 2010 and about 2012 because I got my freaking ass whooped by contractors and i hated it like i started not liking it like man right. these people are just taking advantage of me so you can go through things like that but then eventually something happens that reels you back in and you're like well wait a minute let me look at the positives i'm good at putting deals together i'm okay at managing projects and, and making projects pull through i just need to go find me some financial backing right and once i find that guy Now I just got to go find this is, and this is the beautiful thing about what we do is you find money, you find the deal, everything happens in between. Everything so, happens between. Yeah. With wholesaling, you, with wholesaling, you have to find the money. I mean, that's, you know, you just find the buyers. So, um, but yeah, that's, that was JV made sense for me because I, I wasn't in a position to, to uh, the first, the first time, you know, in my business, I, I did it because I didn't have any money to make payments or anything. And it just made sense to get comfortable and stay there. The second time I did it to start because I didn't have money to make payments and I didn't want to have that obligation. I didn't want to have to come up with a down payment. Um, you know, once, once I got momentum, I found rate and term lenders. So, um, but ultimately, yeah, that's how I did it. How long did it take you uh, from when you lost everything to kind of like rebuild yourself, right? Like not only, uh, you know, financially, but mentally, um you know uh your credit because now you you said you had judgments and this and yeah. that how was that process like like what what because that was a huge rebuilding process for you well the uh the judgments are gone I, i settled the million dollar judgment out um and took care of pretty much everything else um i don't i didn't I, i i do i i didn't focus on my credit for a long time credit credit to me wasn't a priority just because i was paying for everything cash anyway Yeah. Um, at that point in time. Um, so, but as far as re myself, I, it's still a journey. I'm always working on myself um, every single day. I think, I think it's naive to think that you don't. Um, 
you know, as we always try to go to another level or do something else that you still have that mindset thing creep in on you, um, you know, and tell you that you're not worthy of that next step. So it's always a journey. Um, business wise, though, we got pretty good momentum, you know, really, really quick, um, you know, with, uh, you know, with, with the business, you know, we did one, I did one and then I did two and then I did one and then I did three, you know, by June, by June of 2013, um, I'd had, I had almost $400,000 in the bank. Um, oh, wow. You know, so, you know, granted, I didn't take all that home, obviously. Um, yeah, but that, that, that you had now a safety net, you had uh, capital money to use, you, you weren't worried about the water bill anymore. Right. Um, your wife could go actually buy groceries, not thinking about how much money can I spend or not spend. Right. Um, right. So it gives you a whole different mindset frame for operating within your business. More percent. It just changed. Yeah. It did, want, you go for, you go from that, that uh, survival mentality of staring at every little rock in front of you, trying to solve the little tiny problems in your day to looking at the big boulder that you can push over to solve everything. And that, that was the change. And honestly, you should do that before, you know, before the handcuffs, handcuffs, cuffs come off. You should do it. That's what you should always be looking at. But in survival mode, we can't. It's an emotional deficit. We can't. We look at all the, oh, my lights can be turned off. Am I going to lose my home? How do I feed my kids? Um, instead of the big problems. So as I got that first deal and I got that 10 grand and it started to take the chains off a little bit. And then I was able to focus on how do I really get momentum at that point? Man. So let me ask you a question. When, when did you actually start doing self-development on a regular basis? that you can tie it on a time frame from when you were going through all the struggles and you started having some, some, some momentum. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to picture when Don said, I'm going to pick up a book and read about, I don't know how to meditate or how to uh, be a better salesperson or when did that happen? Cause when I know I, you do it. When I decided to, get back into the business, I realized that the reason why I failed the first time was not real estate. It was me mm -hmm. um, and my ego and my inability to be a good leader and my um, me being a bottleneck and having to have control and all the things that, you know, we all do as entrepreneurs that, that basically poison our business. And um, I made the decision that I was not going to be that same person. And that was, so it started immediately. Wow. And this is where you think it's 2012 around, um, 2012. Mm -hmm. it, it, yeah. Was that before the meeting with, uh, with your JV partner at the time or after? I, I, well, I would say probably during more after, you know, um, you know, June, 2012, we locked up that we, we closed in that first deal. And, uh, so that's June, 2012 is when I was officially back in business, I guess. Um, but it, it was, it was in that ballpark. I'd say right around that first deal, you know, is, is where, where that, you know, I just, yeah, I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this right, but I'm going to do it different. And that means I have to be a different person. That's awesome, man. Um, I, uh, I've been doing self-development for the most of my life. Right. Um, right. so I've always been reading books and things like that. And one thing I never quit doing was growing myself, even when I was going through struggles. Right. And I think that's what allowed me to push through, uh, my setbacks um, when I was losing everything pretty much and, and, and looking back and that's why I ask you that question is like, Hey, okay. When do you start actually actively working on yourself? Because I think that if you would have started 
sometime in 2006 or 2007, you would have pushed through 2008, 9, and 10 so fast. Oh, no. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of reasons why 2008 should have never happened to me. And had I done a thousand things differently or even one little thing differently as a, as a person, I would have not had the issues. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I wouldn't change it for anything. The greatest thing that ever happened to me was losing everything. Um, it made me a better person. It made me a better father. It made me a better business person. And uh, yeah, I just, you know, uh, it gave me a good story. You know, I mean, honestly, I, I stand on stage and, and tell my story and people cry. And I don't say that to brag. I say that because it's like, wow, you know, it, it so many people are having the straight, same struggle and they think they're going through it alone. And now I have the ability to share my story and say, hey, not only are you not alone, but you can come back from it. Yep. And that 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 means a lot to me. It's a legacy thing. And, and it's really, really cool. And um, so I wouldn't change it at all. Uh, me neither. Me neither. I mean, it, it, I think we all embrace our story uh, a certain way. Mm -hmm. I I joke about it now, you know, like, not, <laughs> I mean, not having money for gas or for, for, for paying your water bill or your light bill or your mortgage or your vehicle getting repoed. And I remember taking the chairs, uh, my kids' chairs, uh, the baby seats out of the truck. That way, if they took the truck, I didn't have to go get the seats. You know? right, right. <laughs> and then every time I go back and put them back on and off. But, right. um, uh, but for those of you that are listening or watching this, guys, one of the reasons why Don opens up the way he is, and I do it as well, uh, is so you guys don't have to go through that, okay? Right. So, so it's very painful, okay? It, 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 can, it can bring you down to your knees, and it will actually bring you down to your knees, and it will make you cry, and maybe some people around you cry as well. So the point is, guys, do self-development right now work on yourself before you can work on your business. Um, and, and you will avoid a lot of the mistakes that both uh, Don and I have made or not mistakes necessarily, but a lot of the journeys that we had to go through to, to kind of like find ourselves back into, into business. And, and, and now uh, you're doing bigger things. Um, so, you know, tell me now, you know, you, you went there, you kind of like back, got back on your feet, you have 400k in your bank account, you know, and, and now you're back now, like, okay, Don is back. How is that journey until today? Like, what does your business look like? How, where, how do you come up with a podcast? You know, what, how is that new Don, you know, the post Don, like, how do you get there? Um, yeah. Uh, that's a fantastic question. Love, love your camera, bro. Yeah. Uh, freaking. Uh, it's driving me insane. I actually got a new black magic coming. So uh, hopefully I won't have to deal with that anymore. So, yeah. Um, there, there, hit me with the question one more time. <laughs> yeah. So, how, how, how is the new dawn? Like, what, you know, you had the 400K in the bank at right. some point. You're like, okay, I'm back. How do you start growing from there to where you open up a podcast? You started talking, you know, okay, perfect. It, you know, the uh, the camera threw me off there for a second, but I okay, know, so, yeah, too, so yeah, the uh, the 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 one thing that I have learned this time is don't don't inhale, don't 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 take it all in. When you're when you have money in the bank, does not mean that you're crazy things and slice bread and you can go out into Vegas and buy a Lamborghini, right? Right. Um, you know, I I'm very conservative right now. I drive a 2018 Chevy pickup. I paid for it very happy with it. Um, so I'm just, a, I'm a different person in that sense of the word. 
Uh, when it comes to growing my business, I've learned to make sure that my team has permission to make mistakes. Um, They have permission to be smarter than me. Um, They have permission to make decisions without me. In fact, when I hire people, I tell them that if you have to count on me for anything, then you're failing in your job. Right. Okay. So that was important dynamic that I wasn't that kind of leader beforehand. Uh, When it comes to systems and processes and how I run my business, I don't listen to what anybody tells me my business should be. I look at how I want my business to be. And I'm very purposeful about that. I live outside the box. So if somebody tells me I have to put money down on a property and, um, you know, and, and that kind of thing, when I'm borrowing money, then I go against that. And I say, okay, I'm going to borrow hundred percent, you know, and I look at my business that way. When I have suck points, points in my business where I'm miserable, I look at what can I do to solve this? So I never have a suck point again in this situation. We create systems and processes. So that's a big change. And then as far as my podcast goes, um, that came from me being bored because I was suddenly looking up and realizing I'm not seeing any of the houses. I don't even know where they're at. Wow. And I was like, so what do I do? Well, the last time around, I started too many businesses that weren't part of my core competency. So this time I was like, well, what can I do that's going to keep me in my lane? And so the podcast actually started as a hobby. It was my opportunity to talk to really smart people, people smarter than me, and keep me in my lane. And it's turned into something really, really cool over the last four years. Um, but initially it was more just so I wasn't bored. Wow. Yeah. So you started a hobby that turned into a, a big part of your business now. It's, it's turned into a whole other business. Yeah. Right. It's opened doors to so many relationships, opportunities, one of the reasons why we know each other. Yep. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's created a name for me in the industry. Um, and it's, it's actually, it's making, it makes me money now, but that was never the intent when I started it. My intent when I started it was just to not, get reckless as an entrepreneur and go do something else. Good. So what, what does your main business in the real estate side look like today? What are you primarily focusing on? Right now, today in 2021, our primary focus is, um, is wholesale. Um, we are, we are generally rehabbers. We're usually really heavy rehab in some wholesale. Um, but in 2021, we're actually really, really heavy wholesale and some rehab. And part of the reason is, is I'm conservative. I don't believe what's going on in the market's going to last. Mm-mm. I could be wrong, but I'd rather be wrong about that than, than, than betting everything on it. And then, and then being wrong about it lasting, if that makes sense. So, um, so we're cherry picking rehabs. We're getting stupid numbers on wholesales anyway. Um, and so, so we're just doubling down on that. So um, I have everything in place to add value when it's time to add value again. And, um, and again, we're cherry picking the right opportunities to add value to. And, uh, and I'm making more, I, I would say more money right now, profitability wise, um, doing just a little bit less um, than I have been for a while. So I'm very happy with it. Um, I love it, man. Uh, so are you guys virtually wholesaling or you're wholesaling in your, in your neighborhood? What is, how, how does that look like? We do it. We do everything over the phone. Um, we're in California, Oregon, and Tennessee. Oregon and Tennessee. Huh? Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I'm, we, I'm opening, I'm opening at least two more markets in the next six months. Okay. Yeah. So, so, and, and the flipping is just in California, right? The flipping is in California. The rehabbing is is within an hour and a half south, you know, basically radius, hour and a half radius. So hour and a half south, hour and a half north, east, west, so on and so forth. We'll flip. We used to go three hours um, and flip, um, but we've we've really really tightened that up in the last couple of years. Yeah, I was the same way. I used to I used to be a big flipper, and 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 that's what got me in troubles. And then 
you know, now that I'm wholesaling virtually just like you are, um, I really don't care for flips. Uh, I don't even want to go see them. I have one right now, and it's because I picked up a house, owner financed it to us, and we are, we're rehabbing it, but I don't even enjoy it anymore. Um, I don't care for the backsplash, you know, the, that kind of deal. Um, and I don't think I'll do more flips. Like, once I'm done with this one, uh, I'd rather wholesale it. You know, i just rather right. stack up on the money. And, 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 and I agree with you. I think the market is going to correct. I don't know when. Uh, we are seeing, seeing a lot of forbearances right now that are, get, are to me, they're cooking. They're brewing right now. And, and they're going to start blowing up at some points, either this year or next year. Um, I don't think that the banks will do what they did in 2008, which is foreclose on everything. I think they're smarter now and they're going to work out deals with the sellers and put the, the balloon on the back end and maybe spread around uh, whatever they're, they owe in, in 30 years, something. But, um, but we're getting a lot of indications that I'm actually looking for my own house, you know, because yeah. I know it's out there. Yeah. So I was like, man, you know what? I, I want to move to Florida. And I'm like, I'm just going to start finding my property in Florida because somebody's in troubles mm -hmm. and that's going to be my next house. So right. that's what I'll probably buy. But flipping, I'm not, I'm not too, uh, too keen on doing, especially when you can get leads at, at, at a scale, right? Like you, like you do too. Um, you, you get more contracts that you can actually flip um, or you could be flipping them. Uh, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I, whether you want to do it or not, that's a whole different story. Um, I don't want to do it. I just want to, you know, put as much money away as possible as I can and, and move forward that way. And the flippers, they need to continue because that they fuel our business as well. Right. So we, yeah. we sell to flippers and landlords and, and all that. So what is next for Don, man? What, what do you see yourself moving forward? You know, um, not only in the real estate business, but maybe as an entrepreneur, because you, you are a serial entrepreneur, you know? Yeah. yeah. Most of your things is, is, is real estate, but where do you see yourself uh, moving forward, Don? I, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Um, I'm going to stay in the real estate space for the most part though. So we're getting into, um, you know, larger projects uh, as, as an avenue, um, you know, we're going into new markets here because my, my team is, I have a phenomenal team and, um, and I'm going to, you know, I'm in the education space. So, you know, I'm doing more coaching and I have, have a mastermind community and that kind right. of thing. So, and that's really where my focus now is, is, is what, what, how big of an impact can I make, you know, um, in other people's businesses and other people's lives. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Don, thank you so much for being here today, brother. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you opening up and, and sharing your story with our audience. Guys, if you are, um, you know, if you're here thinking about whether this is for you or not, you know, pay attention to, to, to Don's story, right? Don't, don't let that intimidate you. Uh, learn from, from our mistakes. Uh, do a lot of self-improvement. And I want to extend to you guys an invitation to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Event and Mastermind, April 30th, May 1st, May 2nd in Houston, Texas. I'm not sure if Don is coming yet. Uh, he's checking his schedule, but if he will... You'll get to see him. If not, we'll, I'm pretty sure he'll come on the next one around. But um, other than that, make sure to share, like, and subscribe. Go to the Flip Talk podcast. Give him a five-star review. He's got a bad-ass podcast. I, I'm one of his listeners. I'm always pumping him out. I, I love the content that you guys produced on. And uh, congratulations on your podcast and your community. 
um you you i look up to you all the time man and 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 if you're listening to this podcast guys you you got you guys want to make sure you connect with don okay so other than that thank you so much don i appreciate you brother appreciate you man i can't wait to see you again all right man take care have a good day bye, bye.